This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for September 24, 2023. The title of the message is The Insight of Wisdom. Well, if you would turn with me in your Bibles, we continue through our study um, through the book of Proverbs. Uh, This evening's passage is Proverbs chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Hear now the reading of God's holy word, beginning in verse 1. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. May he add his blessing to it this evening. Um, This evening we're going to look at multi-generational wisdom. Wisdom that is passed on from one generation on to the next, and so on and so forth. Uh, I was um, thinking a lot about uh, what this looks like, and, uh, and as some of you know, I am a a purveyor, a connoisseur of food uh, history. I love uh, the, the provenance and the history of how different food and cuisine came about. And, uh, and there was a documentary on some of the ancient practices of making soy sauce in Japan. That uh, it's, a, it's thousands and thousands of years old. And uh, there are these handcrafted artisan uh, producers of soy sauce where it, the, the knowledge of it and the practice of it and the business of it have been passed down unbroken for, for at least 500, 600 years for some, of these, um, uh, for, for some of these families, if not more. And so, so they would show uh, the process from beginning to end uh, of, of this one family's um, soy sauce, and it's just fascinating. I mean, everything is done from scratch by hand with like mechanical you know, um, mortar and pestle type things. They're boiling. They're they're squeezing out the water with with the fine you know cheesecloth type things, and they're sitting in these rooms at a particular temperature in their house, and it's just amazing, amazing. And and what was also amazing is that there were there was uh, evidence of this unbroken passing on of the knowledge because this family also has. Um, soy sauce that is literally hundreds of years old. That it's just, they don't share it with anybody. They only share it for, they only use it uh, very sparingly uh, for, 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 their, for family functions and maybe uh, even for, for their workers. And, and uh, it's just amazing uh, uh, the, the knowledge that has been passed on. I mean, you knew, you know that several hundred years ago, somebody taught 
their son, uh, their son or daughter, how to do these things, and they kept passing it on because you see it in the proof. They're, they're still doing it the same way that, that their parents and their parents and their parents taught them. And that, that same picture of multi-generational wisdom and knowledge being passed on from uh, the older to the younger generation is the picture that we have here in the book of Proverbs. Um, this is what uh, our passage is about here. A father is passing on the wisdom that he learned from his father onto his son. And implied there is that then he would pass on his knowledge to his son and then his son to his son. And, um, and he's passing on this wisdom. And what does that wisdom consist of? It, it is that whatever you might try to gain in life, do everything you can to gain the blessing of wisdom and insight. That whatever you might try to gain in life, do everything you can to gain the blessings of wisdom and insight. So let's see what that means here in beginning in verse 1. Look at, look at verse 1 of me. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Uh, see, here we see a father's insight and instruction. Reminiscent of the Hebrew Shema, right? You know the Shema. Shema Israel, right? Hear, O Lord, the Lord our God is one. The very basic, most foundational confession in all of Scripture. And it begins with this idea of hear. Hear to the people. It's a command to hear uh, from God to his people. And so here we have the same language. It's almost as if God is a father telling his children, uh, passing on his wisdom to obey by hearing. And so he says, hear, O sons, a father's instruction and be attentive, right? Listen and pay attention. This is an important lesson that you need to learn, right? That you may gain insight, the father says. Like, what is insight? Insight is entering into a deeper understanding of a subject or a, a circumstance or, a, or anything, uh, it means looking at something from different angles, from backwards, forwards, fronts, and back, top and bottom, and even on, from the inside out and the outside in. It's going beyond the surface of things and going deeper into something. What it is, what it's like, what it consists of, what it does and what it doesn't do, what it's for and what it's not for, what you ought to do with something, what you shouldn't do with something. That's what insight is. It's a deeper look that leads to a deeper understanding of, of something. And what is it that's going on to help, to help um, fathers as they pass on this knowledge to their sons? How does it help them gain insight into the life of wisdom? All right, look at what he says there in verse 2. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. Right? Insight begins with understanding and receiving what is given to them as good precepts, right, versus bad precepts. And what are precepts? Precepts are principles and commands that, um, that you, can, you hear generally and you can apply them specifically and particularly in, in different ways at any given situation, right? You shall not murder. That's a precept. And then the way in which we apply that precept is you know, in any situation, don't, don't try to take life, but preserve it. 
to encourage it, to, to, to keep it, and not to take away from it. Um, you know, and, and don't, don't scheme and, and harbor anger in your heart, right? The, the Lord says, uh, if you harbor anger in your heart for your brother, then you've committed murder in your, in your heart. It's almost as if you killed them uh, in, your, in, your, in your mind, and it's only a matter of time that you might act on that in some way. But, um, but you're guilty of it nonetheless, even from the heart, even thinking about it. And, um, and so that precept is this greater principle that, that can be applied uh, to the everyday particulars of one's life. And, um, and so, so, so that's an important insight into, into how we ought to live. If we, if we take the idea of, of do not murder, then uh, there's a general outlook, and it ought to inform everything that we do that we are pro-life and not anti-life. The decisions we make, the priorities we have, the choices uh, that we encourage people to, to follow, the things that we say to people. Um, and then the opposite of kind of listening to our, uh, the Father's instruction here, the good precepts, is then it's not just enough to, to do them, but not to forsake them. Right? Don't, don't let them go. Keep them. Remember them. Uh, hide them in your heart. Um, don't let them go. So like a good father, he wants uh, his sons to follow the good precepts. And, and, uh, and what this points us to, the good precepts that the father is pointing us to, uh, points us to, to God's good precepts. That they are grounded in the precepts of God's word and God's will in his commandments. And this is what we see throughout the, the very fabric of the Pentateuch, the very fabric of the Old Testament, particularly from Genesis all the way to Deuteronomy, is that built into the, to the covenant commands that God gave at Sinai, right, in, in Exodus and Deuteronomy. He integrated the giving of that law into the very life of the people of God to where the fathers are supposed to teach their children the commandments and the ways in which they should go. So the good precepts that a father is the, the, the good precepts that the father is describing here is the lived out um, taught precepts in the fabric of the relationship between a father and his child, or a mother and the child. Uh, so that in the everyday life, uh, the people the, the children grow up knowing what God expects of them, what God commands, what God wants them to do, and the beauty of it, and the blessing of it, the goodness of it. Um, and I think that's another thing that I think um, we take for granted as, 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 as parents in our society and maybe as a society uh, more in general, is that we've, taken, we've, we've tried to take in the good precepts and rip God from them and just simply telling people they got to be good and, and that that will never fly. We have to give them the undergirding foundation for which to, to uh, do good things because, of the, because we have a good God. Uh, and so the, so, so the, the, the atom, the, the constituent element of the life of God's people is focused in on how a parent teaches their child how to follow the Lord. And that's what's... That's what the parent is saying here. Do not forsake my teaching because I'm trying to teach you God's word. So if you forsake my teaching, you're forsaking God's teaching. Not that they're exactly the same, 
but it's the, it's the way in which God is, has set up uh, the way that people ought to, to learn. This is the covenant nurture, you know, to raise your children in an admonition uh, of the Lord uh, in the Old Testament. And so this is a reminder that Israel, not only Israel, but, uh, no, sorry, not only parents and, and children, but Israel itself as a, chi- as a son of God was supposed to heed uh, God's good precepts and to follow and not forsake his teaching and instruction. Um, and let me just uh, 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 make, a, uh, make a plug for, for, for the practical wisdom that uh, parents and people, we all ought to integrate into our own lives. Uh, that, um, that God's word and the principles and the precepts of God's word aren't just some, uh, um, some ethereal, general, abstract truths, but they are truths that we are supposed to live out. So maybe, you know, uh, here's just some practical wisdom as, you know, when we think about um, the function of God's word, you know, uh, I, I like to think about uh, making sure that we have batteries in, in our, um, in our, in our uh, 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 flashlights, you know, because uh, several weeks ago we had the, the scare, right? It was just a, 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 um, a, a storm, a little storm in the teapot, but, um, but we wanted to make sure that we had all our batteries, you know, in, in our flashlights in case our power went out. It's happened before, because if we don't, then we're going to be stumbling over everything. Well, that's the way God's word is supposed to function in our lives. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, right? And, um, or, you know, being careful of the way that we speak to people, that our tongue uh, connected to our hearts can do great damage. It can, it can endow uh, uh, the blessing of life, but it can also endow the, the cursing and the, and the hurt and the damage uh, of sin, so, uh, so the, the parent, and, and, and by, by, by that lesson, we ought to, to live out the truths of God's word in our everyday lives, and that's practical wisdom of, of godliness. And so we ought not to forsake it, but to hold on to it. And as we grow up, um, you know, it's interesting, when, when we're younger, we take for granted that, that our parents know, you know, they know better than us. And so we don't know any better. And so we'll do, for the most part, we'll do what they say. But as we kind of grow up and have a will and a, and a pride of our, our own, we kind of push back and say, you know, I know better. You know, we, um, you know, we think that uh, we know better than our parents. So we rebel against it. And it's in t- those times where we forsake the instruction of our parents. Uh, but as we get older and wiser and we've made our fair share of mistakes, we come to realize just how right our parents were and how foolish we uh, had become. And so rather than learning the hard way, what the writer is just kind of pointing out to us, don't learn the hard way. Uh, just stick with, with uh, the, the way in which God's word uh, instructs us uh, and skip over learning from mistakes although that's a helpful way too. Because um, sometimes we learn those lessons in the hard way and some of us are poorer for it and some of us are still paying the consequences for learning the hard way. And so sometimes we can just 
um, go around it and just stick with what our parents taught us, stick with what God's word teaches us. Then a father does what all fathers will inevitably do. They look back at what they learned from their fathers so their sons can learn from him, them. It is that, uh, you know, those famous words, well, when I was your age, this is what my father taught me, right? <laughs> How many of us have heard that, right? How many of us have said that as parents? Um, how many of us have heard that from our, from our uh, mother or father? And I don't know if this is universal, but I, I, can, I, can't, I can't count the number of times that my own father would say, when I was your age, I did this. And, or when I was young, I had to um, trudge through the, the snow, rain, walk miles and miles in freezing temperatures over valleys and hills just to get to school. <laughs> you have it so easy. Um, I think those experiences are, are meant to be that generational wisdom being passed on through the very practical ways of life so that we go beyond our, ourselves and see what life was like in the past and what life might be like in the future. Um, and so this is what the father is doing here. He says, when I was a son with my father, tender, right? When I was young, when I, when I didn't know any better, when I was innocent, when I didn't have the pride to, to push back like you do, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me. And so what did his father teach him? Look at what he goes on to say there in verse, uh, verse uh, four. Let your heart hold fast my words, keep my commandments and live. Right? Pretty much the same thing that he, he, he's telling his son in verses 1 through uh, 2. Do what I say and you will live. Right? This is similar wording uh, to God's instructions to Israel in the giving of the law uh, in Exodus and Deuteronomy, in particular in Leviticus 18.3. Uh, it is in terms of teaching God's word from a parent to a child. Look at what he, uh, Let me listen to uh, Deuteronomy 4.9. Only take care. And keep your soul diligently, lest you forget the things that your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. And then in terms of God's word to his covenant people, as, a, as God, the heavenly father to his, his children Israel, uh, he says this uh, in, uh, uh, in Exodus you shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. I'm sorry, Leviticus 18.3. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. And that's what he's saying here. This is that he's reiterating in summary form uh, these commandments from uh, Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Right? Uh, do, do these and you will live. Don't do them and you will most likely and probably die. Uh, that's what foolishness is. That's the, uh, the curse of, of folly. And then he goes on to say, get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. And this is where he tells us, what we don't have and what we need to get on our own. This is really interesting because wisdom is, is something that is passed down, but it begins with the instructions, and through those instructions, we grow in wisdom. But it's something that we have to grow in. It's not something that 
given to us wholesale, perfect, in, in fully formed uh, fashion. And uh, sometimes we have to test out uh, what we've learned from our parents. Sometimes we have to discover uh, right from wrong uh, uh, in relationship to what our parents thought us. Sometimes we have to learn from our mistakes. And sometimes we have to think about the blessings that we receive when we follow our parents' instructions and, and think about, and maybe you can see it from other people's lives, uh, the pitfalls of others who didn't follow what their parents taught them. And you look at that and you say, oh, I'm so glad I avoided that. Not, not in a self-righteous way, not in a condescending way, but to say, hey, you know, uh, maybe, I shouldn't, I shouldn't, <laughs> I, maybe I shouldn't drink and drive. Because mom and dad told me that that's against the law, let alone, you know, not good for, for, uh, for myself. And, it's, and I'm flirting with uh, catastrophe. Um, and then you, you hear about your friend who dr- drank and drive, uh, drove, and he hurt, he hurt himself. And maybe he hurt, he hurt uh, someone else in the process. And so you can learn in various ways, but you, you have to gain it for yourself. It's not something that, that uh, uh, it's something you have to learn as you receive instruction from your parents and from the Lord. And that's what this father is teaching his son. That you have to acquire this wisdom from a place of humility and faith and a desire to obey God and to live for him. Do you see that? In other words, there's a certain humility that comes with obeying your father, your parents' wisdom. And when you don't, that's when you push back. Because if you were humble to, to, uh, to, to heed your parents' wisdom, then you would. But if you think that you know better than your parents, then you won't. And so there's, there's also an intersection of that, that other theme, a parallel theme here of pride and of humility. And, and so... Take those precepts and principles of God's wisdom in his word and apply it to everything else in your life. That's what uh, the father is saying, and this is what he's learning. He learned from his father. Let God's word give you insight into the truth of everything in your life so that you might live to his glory. Insight into events and circumstances, priorities and choices in your life. And then as... As, as, the, as the writer of Proverbs has done in the past, he personifies wisdom again, and he tells him to hold on and to keep her. Right? Wisdom is like a, is a woman here, a, 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 like, a, like a mother, a, a blessing. I love her and cherish her, and she will guard your life. This reminds me of the later passages in Proverbs where the writer juxtaposes it and contrasts Folly and wisdom, that folly is like a, this prostitute who whispers sweet nothings, come to me, look at me, follow me, come into my bedroom, sit with me, right? Just, just a temptress uh, when you know you have to get, get home to your wife. Uh, and if you succumb to her temptations, then catastrophe happens. Covenants are broken. Relationships are are. Um, are uh, are, are destroyed. Families are, bro- are, are uh, broken to pieces. But then there's wisdom. Wisdom is this noble lady, beautiful yet noble, modest uh, yet truthful, 
And, uh, and, and what, what's uh, really interesting here, too, is that wisdom is seen as a guardian. Right? Look at verse 5. Get wisdom, get insight. Uh, do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, wisdom, and she will keep you. That, that word keep is the same word used in Psalm 121, uh, used throughout the Old Testament of, of, a, of a soldier keeping guard, keeping watch. It's the same idea translated into the New Testament where, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but with everything in prayer and supplications, make your requests known to God so that uh, the, the, the peace of God will, uh, that surpasses all understanding will, will guard your hearts, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So wisdom is a warrior here as well. Uh, and if you love her, right, if, if, you, if you genuinely want to gain wisdom and hold on and, and cultivate a life of wisdom where you grow more and more in insight and knowledge and understanding in God's ways and, and the practical ways uh, in the world, then, then, the, then the writer of Proverbs says, she will guard you. Well, how is she going to guard us? In other words, wisdom is going to protect us from ourselves, from our own folly, and will protect us from the consequences of our folly and from anyone else who might do us harm because we expose ourselves uh, to that folly. She is the one, maybe, you know, when we... Um, you know, when you think about in pop culture, you know, they, you have this angel and this devil popping up. Uh, I think the better biblical uh, 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 illustration is wisdom and folly speaking to us. And she's the one who reminds us, hey, even though you may not feel like you, you've had too much to drink, play it safe and don't drive. Uh, don't text and drive, right? Yes, it's illegal, but better yet, it's downright dangerous, or don't go out with your single friends to a bar surrounded by single people lest you forget that you're married. In fact, don't go out if you can't help it without your wife or without your spouse. Or maybe you shouldn't say the first thing that comes to your mind that you think is funny because it can really hurt someone's feelings and cause unnecessary offense. How many times have we put our foot in our mouth and, you know, we just, you know, kick ourselves? How could we say something like that? My father wasn't always a Christian, nor was he always right about everything, but the wisdom he taught me, I still follow uh, in most part to this day. And it saved me from many times from getting into a lot of trouble. And when I didn't, I had no one to blame but myself. And this is what it means to hold on to wisdom, uh, that, and that she's going to guard you and keep you from your own foolishness. Can you, have you ever looked back at your life and you've done, and you did something foolish and you always wonder, man, I don't know how, I, how I'm still alive, <laughs> right? Well, wisdom, wisdom is the, is, is the one who has guarded you and kept you uh, through all the decisions that saved your life. You know, we look at the times where we almost died. How about all the times that we, were, that we, uh, we didn't come close to dying because wisdom uh, told us, uh, you know, be careful. And in that way, I think we uh, ought to give God all the glory and praise because so, many, so much 
catastrophe could have happened. You know, I think a lot about, uh, about how I'm still alive because I lived in the era before seatbelts. Right. So, you know, right now, when you if you get into your car and you don't put on your seatbelt, you're like, oh, I could die. Right? But when we we're growing up and I'm dating myself here. So we never put on seatbelts in the back in the back seat. We, we like roughhouse and we did WWF in the back. We're like wrestling headlocks and, you know, and I'm thinking, I don't know how I'm still alive. And um, but when we click on that, those seatbelts and maybe one that one time when you get into a big accident. And when you should have been ejected, but the seatbelt kept you in and kept you safe, the airbag deployed, right? Uh, all the safety features were, were turned on because you clicked that one seatbelt. That's the way wisdom keeps you and guards you. And she then, if she then keeps us and guards us, then she also blesses us. And here we come to the near the end here. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. If we get wisdom and prize her, then she will exalt us. In other words, if we humble ourselves and hold on to wisdom, she will lift us up, giving us a crown of glory and of blessing. This is the reward of wisdom. This is what wisdom keeps us and guards us for. Verse 7 says it this way. If we get wisdom, all right, look at verse 4 there. If we get wisdom, there's a, there's a construction here in Hebrew. Whatever you get, get insight. It, it can be, it can be, uh, it can be, Interpret it in different ways, but I think the better way to interpret it is whatever you, whatever you have, get wisdom. Or with whatever you have, get wisdom. And some of our translations uh, reflect this. Whatever you can do to get wisdom, get wisdom. That's some of the, of the, the um, translations, uh, how they, how they um, do it. And this language here is reminiscent of Jesus' parables of the pearl of great price and of the hidden treasure. Why? Each person, right, each person found a treasure and sold all that they had so that they can get that treasure. Why? Because it represented way, way more value than whatever it is they gave up that it was a bargain to give up all that they had in order to acquire this treasure. And that's, that's the language uh, that, and it's possible that Jesus gets the language of those parables from, from this section here. Whatever you have, get insight. Give all that you have. Sell all that you have so that you can get insight. And if you gain her, you gain wisdom. And if you do that, she will give you a garland, a graceful garland on your head and bestow on you a beautiful crown. And this is how wisdom points us then. The reward of wisdom points us then to the true personification of wisdom. That one of the themes of wisdom here is the humility. Again, going back to the earlier section, when a father gives instruction to a son, 
when a son obeys, it, it demonstrates a humility uh, to obey the father. And in doing so, he gains wisdom. And in humbling himself, he will be exalted when he gains wisdom. There's a theme going on here. That out of the humiliation of a son who obeys his father, he is exalted. Right? What does it remind you of? The humiliation, the exaltation of Christ in the gospel. Jesus, the son, humbles himself, obeys his father, is obedient even to the point of death in his father's wisdom and insight. And by that wisdom then, gaining wisdom uh, through his death and resurrection at the cross, he becomes wisdom, the wisdom of God. And in doing so, he is exalted. Uh, He who humbled himself to receive a garland of cursing and a crown of thorns in our place for our sins, bearing our penalty and our punishment, being abandoned and forsaken of God, he experienced the curse of folly. It was was as if wisdom did not guard him, did not keep him, and forsook him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that when the wisdom of God, when the justice of God, the mercy of God kiss on the cross, the wisdom of God comes to us and exalts us because Jesus was exalted, raised from the dead after three days, crowned with glory and righteousness. And it is that crown of glory and of beauty and of righteousness that he now gives to us in the gospel. That after three days he was humble, he humbled himself even to the point of death, and after three days he was exalted. And he was exalted with the name above all names, so that at, at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says he was made a little lower than angels, and God then crowned him with glory and honor. And when we put our faith in him, when we repent and believe on him, and we receive, when we exercise the greatest wisdom in all the universe, the wisdom of putting our faith in Jesus, the wisdom of God, that we are willing to then forsake, to sell all that we have in order to gain him. The pearl of great price, the hidden treasure uh, that no one can number, we gain the wisdom of gaining Christ, the power of God, the wisdom of God. And as we prize him, exalt him, and honor him, he places on our heads a garland of glory and a crown of righteousness. And he is the one who guards us and keeps us to the very end that we might be with him forever and ever in glory. Uh, God indeed speaks to us as a father. May we humbly hear him uh, in obedience and in faith, and he will exalt us. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the, for the crown that you give to us in Christ Jesus. We thank you. Uh, Lord, help us not to forsake uh, what you have instructed us in your word. Lord, remind us of how Jesus accomplished for us, earned for us that crown of glory and righteousness that he now gives to us by grace through faith. Lord, may we wear it. May we wear it. May we live it out. May we give you all the glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.